even the remainder of this service. Brother Ford, come. Definitely not a stranger to this pulpit. Love and appreciate him. Amen. Just obey God and what strength you got left. You know how them older gentlemen get, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless him. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. God bless him. If you believe God done something great and marvelous already, would you let your hands and your voice show it right now? We love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we praise you and thank you for your mighty power, for your wonderful grace and mercy, for your thanksgiving, oh God, among the children of men, oh God, that you put in their hearts to praise you and to magnify your great name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I have had a good time. Hallelujah. I could almost not care whether or not I ever just get Ambassed by God. If I can see my brothers and sisters rejoice and know that God is touching their lives, moves me to no end to know that a hunger is there, that a thirst is still lingering for the greatness of this God. He is so beyond us and beyond all our wildest imaginations. But yet he condescended to what? What we are. So that one day, the great apostle that was on the aisle that is called Patmos for the word of the Lord and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. The same wrote in one of his epistles that, Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I was telling mama this the other day. Her mind may not be exactly like it was. She asked me today three or four times about JD. I told her the same answer every time. I'm patient with that. I don't care. She could ask me 15 times, and I'm going to tell her again. Uh, yeah, Bradford said it. He's doing better. When you start talking about Jesus, her eyes, she gets that little spark in that, and then that word starts coming back alive. It hadn't died. It hadn't went anywhere. He said, but, beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know 
that when he shall appear, Sister Buford, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. <laughs> My darling saints, I just want to see him in his glory, in his majesty. And when I see him, I don't want to see him in fear, Brother Moore. But I want to see him with a heart bursting forth in love. Because on a night like tonight, I didn't care what anybody think, thinks. That I, I, I don't care what they think or what they may have thought. And if the president had to come in here, I wouldn't have cared what he thought. Because I was in the presence of the king. And unto him every knee shall bow. Unto him every tongue shall confess. That at his name the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell him, Brother Moore, now. He might have done it on purpose. But last week was supposed to be my normal allotted time. This week is a week past. That's okay. Sit. You've been standing. I know, I, you're tired. I'm sorry. I just dawdle alone here. The old man. I saw a sign at Loosedale. A church sign. Used to be just like us, except baptism 70 years ago. Everything. Rings, hair, all jewelry, all that stuff. All that stuff. Just like us. Dress. Oh, it's Super Sunday this Sunday. Come be with us for Super Sunday. We're going to have a special. I said it before. What was I talking to the other day? And I'll say it again. Sports is the God of this world. If you don't believe it, you look how much money is spent on it. And right now, there's a venue going on. It's not getting as much press as normal because the world's in such an upheaval. But there's a, some games called 
where every country comes together. Don't make no money off of those, I don't guess. Don't market it at all. But it, ast it astounds me when I see that churches buy into that and become a part of that in the house of God. And it's as though Jesus is walking through the temple again and the money changers are there. My house isn't a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. I was at the house the other day, last week, week before, I don't know, last week, then last, this past week, sometime. And, uh, I, I'm a funny creature now. I just, my daughter, my wife, and grandbabies, they can tell you. I'm just, um, I guess I'm just a different sort of guy. I don't know. And, uh, and this is the notebook, the very first one I ever, I guess, used. And uh, this goes back to the 80s. It's got stuff in it. And uh, I don't know what good they do me to keep them. I don't know if I could remember what I was talking about. I got titles and stuff, and but I, I don't have notes. You know, I don't have what I'm supposed to say about what I got wrote down. I just got scriptures. And I just got where to find them and not the scripture itself wrote down in a lot of places. But I still remember, in a sense, I, I get a sense of that. I remember those early years, and when I didn't know much, and I hadn't really gave myself to listening to a whole lot of preaching and stuff, and and just that, just for me, God would open up things. And, and I still remember vividly one time that I preached on something about the first fruits. Yeah, the Old Testament and how the first fruits and how we tie in that we are the first fruits of God. And, about the old tabernacle plan and about bringing the offering. The mama says, you know, all these years I've never, I've always wondered about what that was in the New Testament, and I've never heard it preached till today. And I thought to myself, if God can tell just me that, I told the Sunday school class today, I said, look at Brother Ford. And I read to him, few verses out of Psalms where it talks about he maketh wise the simple. I said, look at Brother Ford, just a simple man. It gives you so much hope being members of the body of Christ.
Because God has placed every one of us in the body as members in particular. And you have an important part to play. But the question is, are you going to play your part? And I says, <clears throat> you can be whatever you, I said, look, this, and they just kind of laughed. I said, we don't think about it like that. <laughs> that made me feel good. I love my children. I love to tell them about how great Jesus is. And how powerful he is in their life when they receive the Holy Ghost. How powerful he is. And that when you sell yourself to him, there is no thing that he can and will not do. If you got faith enough to believe him and hold to the promise. 25 years Abraham waited. says that his faith was counted to him for righteousness and righteousness was imputed to him by faith and so I was sitting at the dining room table and I got that new Bible that brother Wilson Bible and I, I'll read out of it some and and when I'm just reading, I, I like to read the commentary stuff he's got, too, to go along with it. And sometimes I'll look up stuff just to see what he's got to say. What and him and the rest of the writers have to say about that, that thing. But, and, I, I, and I remember the here not too many nights ago, I mentioned something about dead. And the thought just come to me. Some scriptures. The body is dead. Because of sin. thought came to me you know we're not dead enough because to be alive we have to die And stay dead. Now that scares me. But it don't. But it gives me a cause for concern, right? Do you feel good just sitting there like that? Just, could you just keep doing that? I mean, it helps my nerves and I hope it helps yours.
Hallelujah. I'm like Elisha. No, no. Yeah. Was it, it was Elisha. Bring a minstrel. Yeah. And so... And when I'm doing, and when I, when I get, I wanted to write, I got this, I, I got this because I just wanted to write down my thoughts. But Brother Moore, I, I can't write like that. Because when it's just you and him and his presence falls. And the spirit descends. And then your spirit beareth witness with his spirit. And then you cry by the Spirit, Abba, Father. The thoughts are too fast to write. The emotions too tense. Intense. So I have trouble remembering all the things. Where's Josh? I have trouble remembering all the things. Brother Moore can tell you, we could preach it like we get it. Son, it'd blow the roof off of this place and the doors, the walls we'd have to rebuild. But sometimes what God does in us, it's not always meant for the masses. Is this all right, Pastor Moore? Can I just talk like this? I got to where I like to sit down in the chair. I've never done it until, I guess, last month or two, and I'll sit in that chair, and I'll just start talking, and I'll let whatever's on my mind at that moment just kind of guide and lead me in the Sunday school class too. Sometimes I never even start on the lesson at all. not against that at all I'm not against any of that because the word of God is it's forever settled it's, it's good all the time all of it but, but, but we live in the moment and every moment counts Pastor Moore, if I could just be led by God every moment. I guess that thing you said earlier, 
It's getting a hold. And it's working on me. About how careful and how close this matter of salvation really is. We're not dead enough. I'm just telling you, we're not dead enough. Because when I when I when I canvass the life of Paul. I don't see a man that's carried away with things that had a lot of time for just idleness and look, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you you shouldn't ever have any downtime or go fishing or hunting. I'm not saying that at all. Please, I'm not saying that. But when I look at his life, I, I don't see that he was a tent maker. I believe he'd done that. And I believe that they worked. And he said, I was not chargeable to any of it, but I labored with my hands. Pastor Moore, I think about him often up at the store. And he works and then he helps people that ask. He labors with his hands. Keeps this place. He's just got that kind of mind about stuff. Watch him sometimes. He's got it going on. The workaholic, too. But he was eat up. Could it be because of where he was before? Or was it just the fact that even in that other religion, he was so zealous about God and the things of God. And ignorant though it was. And it just kind of transferred over. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. He said, who are you, Jehovah? He said, I am Jesus. Whom thou persecutest. And when he cites the story to Agrippa, he says, almost thou persuadest me. The other said, much learning hath made thee mad. Most noble Festus. We're not dead enough. So let me just talk to you about it. It's not, just keep playing. I, I like this. Y'all may not ever let me, Brother Moore might not want me to get up here again. And so this scripture kind of popped in my mind and so I looked it up 
I had an idea, you know, but I, I'm a type of guy, I can tell you what stuff says, but I can't only tell you where they are. Now, my daughter's a little better at that than me. She can tell you where it is a lot of times. I don't retain where it is so much. I just retain what it says. I hope that don't matter a whole lot. It does at times, but I just don't have a the propensity to look at the numbers. Because what chapter and verse really don't ain't what I'm after. What I'm after is I'm after God. I want to know Him. But like Brother Wilson and Brother Odom would say, but I want to do better and, and remember the verses and the chapter and book. But chapter 8 of Romans, to the believer it is a chapter that is In the middle of the book, it is, for me, it is a chapter of great hope. In Romans, Paul is writing to a church that he didn't start. But he says, I've longed to come, but was hindered, that I might have some fruit among you also. And he goes into because of the Jews, he goes into the effects of the law and uh, the reason for the law and and circumcision and how Abram was called and and uh, how that we're uh, justified by faith and through faith. Old Testament believers by faith, New Testament through faith. Y'all ever read that? In chapter, is it five? Four or five. Uh, but, and he's, and he's trying to get the, the Jews and the Gentiles, and especially the Jews, to, to understand that the, the right of circumcision is not salvation under the law yeah if you weren't circumcised and you were cast out that's how big of a deal it was it was a big deal Abram I'm giving to you the right of circumcision but Abram had the promise of God that's what Romans is trying to tell you he had faith before circumcision. That's why the book goes into talking about the works 
of the law. And how that you're made captive by the law. Because you're sown in, you're, you're, you're sown in sin. You, you're a product of, of sin. After the fall. Follow what I'm saying. Because of our father. Then we've got the sin nature. And so I heard J. Vernon McGee say this one time. He says, he says, that little darling that's born to you, he says, that ain't no angel. You know, he had that real nasal voice. He says, them shoulder blades back there, them ain't angel wings. He said, that ain't no angel, that's a little devil. Said it just like that. And so, as precious as they are, they have need of a Savior. Look at us. We were there one day. 62 years ago in a couple of months. Almost two or three. That we were. And so, we, I know a lot of people often get hung up in the seventh chapter about, you know, when I would do good, sin is present with me. But he starts off the chapter, he says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak unto them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he, is, as he liveth. For the woman is bound to her husband as long as he liveth, but if the husband dies, she's loosed from that bond. And where there is no law, there's no sin. And where there's no law, there's no transgression. And the whole point of that chapter is that the law came that I might know that there, that sin, what was sin? And the effects of sin that, that, it, would, that it would have. And, uh, is it chapter 6 that says... For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, the wages of sin is death. And so, in the seventh chapter, it's not about that the Apostle Paul had problems with doing what was supposed to be done. But he's letting you know that because of the law, that the carnal man that is without power of the Holy Ghost when he would do good he can't do it and when he does good stuff he consents to the law that it's righteous that it's good when I do what I would not I consent that it is good but when I wouldn't when I do that that I would not do 
that I don't want to do, that I'm not supposed to do, then sin dwelleth with me. I find a law then. And so he says, 6 and 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. And so, in the 6th chapter, he's talking about how Jesus died once and for all. But the 7th chapter, it, it's not telling you that, hey, once you get the Holy Ghost and you're living for God. No, it's, it's not about that. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For that I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I could sit to the law that it is good. Now there's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, then he puts it, that is in my flesh. There dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I find then on all that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he answers it. I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Now the chapter of great hope. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Let me say that again. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sinned in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He destroyed the power and the yoke of sin. And through the life of Jesus Christ, we are no longer bound by the rule of flesh if we're dead enough.
the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. For, so the law had, had a man, Aaron. Then Aaron's sons. God killed two of them. Future high priest. A precarious place to be. A go-between the assembly and the great and the mighty God that thundered from the mount that burned with fire and that was a smoke in black darkness. Which voice thundered? And they said, we can't bear to hear that voice anymore. Moses, you tell us what he says. And so, because of the weakness of flesh, then Jesus came. He came that Melchizedek. High priest. After the order of an endless life. Of an endless priesthood. And he came for sin once and for all. Then it says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's God's enemy. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. Now look, Brother Ford, how can we not be in the flesh? Listen what the apostle says. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he have none of his. That's why we tell you and we preach and we teach, it is imperative it is necessary to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is no other way. You cannot live the life of the Spirit without the Spirit. Forty-five minutes almost already. Oh. I got to go. Y'all gonna run me off. I was just joking about Paul about Eutychus. I'm not trying to do that. But I, I feel like that this. But there's a crux. Where sometimes we can't seem to get over the hump. And then when we do, we can't maintain. We kind of get there and 
Because they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you now. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. The original thought, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, but we live. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There is a cry made when the Spirit comes. And it cries out of a Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that God has chosen us and come in. And He speaks. And if children and heirs, So for us to be effective and for us to maintain maintain spiritual prowess if I could put it that way. And if, uh, for us to maintain uh, spiritual awareness. And for us to maintain spiritual authority. And for, for us to maintain uh, uh, the, the place in God where we can hear the voice of God. And where we can be uh, e effectual and, 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 and remain fervent in spirit and, and love the brotherhood and, and walk in the unity of faith of the Son of God and, and be anointed and, and, and have the, the mighty works of God following us so that when Eutychus does fall out of the window we can bury him up in our arms and hug him close in Jesus name and say son get up and wake up you're not dead but you're alive hallelujah there's something about living in the spirit and walking in the Holy Ghost that cannot be replaced with any kind of your fashion shows or any of your programs or anything else there must be a divine move of the Holy Ghost in your life every single day of your life for God to be effectual in this present world in this present time and I thought about the guy Just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on the pages of the Word of God, he burst on the scene. First thing you hear out of him is, Hey, Israel. Ahab, it's not going to rain, but by my word, 
in Israel. But by my word, when I say, it's not going to rain until I give the word. And God stopped up the heavens, Brother Moore. Just like that. Read it for yourself. 17th chapter of 1 Kings. He burst upon the scene. Never even heard of the guy. Scripture never mentions him. All of a sudden, he, he, he shows up with power and authority to stop the heavens. They look for that dude for three and a half years. And God's got him over there, letting the ravens feed him for a while. Then he says, go to this Zarephath, to this widow woman's house. She's gathering two sticks. You heard Brother Williams when he preached about it right here. She's gathering two sticks. You'll make her, her son a cake and eat it and die. He said, but if you would, just make me a little cake first. Just try this out. Just try God out. Just make me a little cake first. You know, like he's saying, just make me a little one and save the rest for y'all. Just me a little one. You know, if she's going to make a cake this big for them, he said, just make me a little one. And watch what God does with that meal and that little bit of cruise of oil. That little jar you got of oil. He said, for all that time, he said, the oil never wasted on the meal and the barrel ever went away. Every day she went back that amount was waiting again. Fed by ravens. The son dies. Takes him up to the loft. Stretches himself upon him three times. God raises him from the dead. Shows back up on the scene. Three and a half years later. Meets Obadiah. Obadiah says, look, he said, you go tell Ahab I'm here. He said, no, 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 no. You just don't understand. I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> Woo. No, because I go tell him and you, the spirit has spirited you away somewhere. and You'll be gone. And we won't know. We've been, you don't know. He has searched everywhere and had everybody searching for you. And there's no place he hadn't looked. God had him hid. Do you know that God will hide you from the enemy that's pursuing you if you will entrust yourself to him and just obey him? Sometimes simple obedience and just saying what God needs for you to say in love and humility. And I watched this guy and Obadiah says, don't you know I've hid the 100 prophets by 50? So that they wouldn't get killed by Jezebel and Ahab and those false prophets. The Lord told you. Did he tell you about that? God don't tell the man of God everything that's going on. It's not our business to know everything. And I watched this giant of a man that just burst on the scene. He goes out to Mount Carmel, 750. 300 prophets of Baal, 350 prophets of the grove, or vice versa. 750 prophets. And they couldn't get fire to fall, but he says a simple prayer. Lord God, let these people see and know that you're God in Israel and that you still hear and you still answer your people. And the fire came down, licked up the stones of water. 
everything. The sacrifice, the dust of the ground, it licked it all up. He said, don't let any of them get away. And he slew them all at the brook Kidron, all the false prophets. He said, Ahab, don't let the rain tear you. He said, you better get on your horse and get going. He said, because I've been praying. And I've seen a cloud about the size of a man's hand. He said, don't let the rain stop you. I believe I hear a sound of abundance of rain. And before he, and he outran the chariot to the palace. <laughs> before they could get there, the heavens were opened. And right as they, it come a deluge and God sent the rain. And I watched this man, the next chapter, flee for his life. Oh, Elijah, he wasn't quite dead enough. He went and buried himself. I got to cut this short. I don't know how. I don't remember, brother. Pace, Florida. Not Pace, Florida, but somewhere right close to that. Our brother. Wild man. Brother Arnold talked about this, and, and I happen to remember. Yeah, brother, brother, brother Jeff Arnold. Never heard him preach. You need to treat yourself to him, especially some of the later stuff he's done in his later years. Won't be disappointed. But he goes. He says, and he flees from Jezebel. He says, if your life ain't like one of these, he says, I'll tell you one thing. Your life is going to be like one of them by this time tomorrow. And he runs for his life. He's scared, chicken little. He's running for his life. And he takes off and he goes into the wilderness. He said, I would to God that I could die. Well, if he'd have just stayed where he was at. Jezebel would have took care of that. He really didn't want to die that bad. Because if he just stayed there, I think Jezebel probably tried to take care of that. Tried to take care of it. But he ran, but God wasn't through with him yet. Did you know that the enemy may seem to have you? You may feel like the enemy's got you on the ropes. And that, you, that you've, you've run your last mile and you've... And you, just don't seem like you got the stamina and the enemy's trying to tell you I've got you where I want you now I'm going to take care of you and you're up against the wall and you're up against the ropes and the enemy's got you and he's pummeling you but God's saying I'm not through with you yet so he falls asleep and he feels something nudge him and an angel wakes him up and he says rise and eat he falls asleep and he's under a juniper tree and he punches him, feels something again, punch him. He says, rise and eat, for the journey is too great for thee. God knows where you're going. Your members, in, I told the Sunday school class, and it, I'm going to kind of end up, but your members in the body in particular, and God's got a plan for you. He doesn't put you in the body of Christ and baptize you with the Holy Ghost for you just to be a nobody and a nothing. You're never a nobody in God. When He baptizes you with the Holy Ghost, He infuses you with power that is dynamic.
dunamis power that's beyond the power that you can realize in your own natural sense. It's beyond worldliness. It's supernatural beyond what you can even think. And he fills you with that power and he empowers you and gives you the gifts that you need to perform his duty and his call in your life. No matter how Smaller or insignificant you may think it is. You may just pray and talk to God and move mountains for evangelists all over the world. And they don't even know how the mountain got moved. But all the time it's that nobody, that nobody seems to even think it's very much except they seem to always be praying. And they always seem to have the saints of God on their mind. And they always seem to have a good word from God on their lips or just a praise. What are you doing? We're just not dead enough. We just just can't keep ourselves from being burdened down and cumbered with with the load of the cares of life and and all the things. And uh, we get sidetracked too easily. There's too much stuff out there, Brother Moore. There's too many gadgets and there, there's too many things going on. And my wife says, I don't know why you listen to that stuff. And I do. I listen to a lot of this. Uh, they'll call it conspiracy theories. But, but I want to know where I am. And I, and I like uh, hearing different things and, 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 and then going and sometimes it'll quicken something in my spirit. And I go and read in the Word of God and, and I kind of see and I, and I understand that, hey, this God that I serve and the book and the revelation of Jesus Christ that John got on the Isle of Patmos, hey, it's not a fairy tale and it's not just something for you to write books about and for them to make movies about and to speculate about, but it's something that is surely coming to pass. And it's not going to be well for them that have blasphemed God and have spoke evil of His way. It's going to be a dire time and it's going to be a horrendous day. But there's coming a day of great joy and there's coming a day of great love and power to them that know their God. They're going to stand and they're going to stand firm and God's going to fight their battle again. It's going to be like they're at the Red Sea one more time and God's going to roll back the see and they're going to cross out of here and God's going to take care of their enemies forever I hope I'm making some sense and so he finds himself in a cave And he's given himself up to die. Pastor Moore, he's, he's done. how this story it's 8 o'clock it's been an hour right at it just I'm about done 
I'm, I'm trying. And uh, he says, oh, that I might die. And said, it is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he rose and did eat and went strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. There's three men that I know for sure in the Bible that fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Moses done it twice, back to back. For the tablet the first time. And for the tablet the second time. This man, Elijah. Anybody know the next? Tempted in the wilderness of Satan 40 days and 40 nights. He said in he was on the mount of God, Horeb, where Mo got the law. And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel. Have forsaken, forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now he went in a cave as though he's in a tomb. That's what Brother Arnold had said. That he's preaching, come out of your tomb matter your tomb let God raise you up so Elijah had to be brought to the place of death as though he were he says I'm ready to die and so he went and he put himself in a cave and would have laid down and died if he could but God says I'm not through you. And the voice, and God called to him, or the word of the Lord. It says, the word of the Lord come to him. And it was useful. He's, he was, he's heard the word of the Lord before. He's, he's, he knows. And so the word of the Lord came into him. But then he says, a still small voice after the earthquake and the fire and the great wind that tore up rocks. He heard the voice. And when he heard that small voice, still small voice, he said he wrapped himself, his face in his mantle or his robe, and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, Again, what doest thou hear? God needs for you to die enough for Him to use you in the supernatural. God needs for you to be
be alive enough in him and to be dead because of sin but be alive because of the spirit so that he can use you in a mighty way today and his voice is calling you out of your grave today and he's wanting you to know that if you're willing to go and die that's why Paul says I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord he said I die daily I make sure that the old man that is subject to the law of sin dies and that I'm listening to the power of the Holy Ghost that is in me that God's given me Christ in me the hope of glory And so he says, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for they have taken thy covenant, thrown down on altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I even I am only the one left, and they seek my life also. And the Lord said to him, Go return thy way into the wilderness. And he tells him what to do. Anoint Hazel, anoint uh, Elisha for the prophet in thy stead. And uh, he says, You know, I'm going to do mighty things at your word. You just go tell him. But Elijah had to go as though he were dead and buried in his grave before God could take him out in a whirlwind and a chariot of fire. Stand. I'm done. I just. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight is. If you'll die. A little more every day. To what you are in the natural man. Because you're not going to make it being alive in the flesh. You're not. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you, uh, you know, that it's great and it's all right. Look, have you ever heard Brother Dissel tell you, say this, God is good all the time. And Mama said that day, and I said, well, sort of. How many know that God is love? Does the Word of God say that? Does the Word of God say that? For God is love. It does say that, right? It does say that. He is love. He is the definition of love. He's the definition of righteousness and holiness. That comes from the attributes and the nature of God. That is, be ye holy for I am a, that is his, 
his calling card. There's none holy but him. That's where it comes from. It's from God's nature and what he is because he's the almighty power of all powers. And God is love. But as great as his love is, so on the other hand, the great, as great as his love is and the cross of Calvary, so great is his judgment on the other hand. It's according to what side of death you fall on. Are you going to let the wages of sin bring death? Or are you going to let the spirit of life in Christ bring death? That kills the effect of sin. And the body is dead because of sin. Because of the life of Christ that is in you. Has destroyed that body of sin and death. Because a corn of wheat can't live unless it fall in the ground. And if it fall in the ground it has to what? It has to die. And it can't come out of the ground and come a new, a, a different fruit out of the ground unless it's dead. It's in its tomb and it comes out. It don't go down and come out the same. It goes down one way, it comes out another way. Well, I have bored you to death. Praise God. I've come to the conclusion sometimes we're just not dead enough. So what are we going to do about us? And I think tonight that's why I was so beside myself. I think tonight we slew some giants in our lives. I think tonight I saw some things crumbling. I saw some barriers getting broken down. I saw some bonds being shaken loose. The eyes of our enlightenment being opened to the things of the Spirit. You got to walk in the Spirit. Boy, y'all are just the best group. You are so patient with me. And I love you tremendously. But I want us to make it. And Brother Moore's heartbeat has got to become my heartbeat. And it's got to become yours. Members in particular. The head has a voice, a mouth. Christ is the head of the church. That head has a voice with eyes and ears to see and to hear.
You want to see the head of Christ? Look. Everybody look right there. Look. The mouth. I don't care what you think. Doesn't matter to me. You can die lost if you want to. It's your choice. I'm telling you right now, God's always had order. And He's always had a voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. A watchman on the wall. Your life is in his hands. And because your life is in his hands, his salvation is in his hands whether or not he tells you what he's supposed to tell you. Because if he tells you he's free from the blood of guiltiness of your blood. But if he don't warn you when he sees the enemy coming, then God's going to charge him with your blood. And he's going to be lost because he didn't warn you of the danger. By which the whole, the head, by which the whole body is nourished and fed. Children, have you any meat? Whoop. I got to dump in the river. I got to jump in the river. I ain't got my clothes on. Man. That was Peter. For he was naked. It says that. Am I right, Brother Moore? I'm not just making stuff up. And uh, he comes to the shore. He had bread and fish. He says, Peter, lovest thou me? He says, Lord, you, I love you. He says, what did he tell him? What did he tell him? The whole body is nourished by the head. What did he tell him? Feed my lambs. The head of the body is Christ. God has placed his shepherds. That's not hirelings. They're his voice. Feed my lambs. Peter, lovest thou me? Lord, you know I love you. He said, again, third time. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? He just went back to fishing. And I think he was pointing at the fish on the fire. He said, Lord, yeah, Lord, you know. I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. Take care of my babies. I charge you with a charge. You better love you, Pastor. Hold him up in prayer because he's leading you to revival just as hard as he can. I want to be a part of that. How many want to be a part of that today? <laughs> Hallelujah. We've heard the word of God tonight, and uh, no doubt I believe an answer to help us on this journey that we're on, and that's just dying, dying out to self, the things of this world. You can be seated. Thank you, Brother Ford. Praise God. Wrong night, right message. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you.
Amen. I want to take that to heart. Paul talked about and said he died daily. Could that be the reason he was able to walk on the Spirit daily? Because they work hand in hand and they work together. And as we say often, that's easier said than done. Amen. But we can do it. God's help. Because I believe it's your heartbeat and your desire. Amen. And you know what? This community is depending on us. Amen. To pay the price. To help them to see the mighty hand of God. Let's do it. Let's do it. With all that's within us. Let's do it. Okay? We pray for one another. and Pray for revival. and Pray for God's will in this place. Uh, my personal opinion, I think a lot of things that we have depended on and used for resources to help us along the journey is not going to be so, so available or just won't work. And what that does is put us right back to depending on God. God knows how to work it out. God knows how to work it out. Amen. All right. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? Got several shared. Okay, yeah, Sister Lisa. Today, Sister Buford, Sister Lisa. Amen. Getting you coming? <laughs> All right. You got birthday? You have a birthday this week? <laughs> you got birthday? Did he have birthday this week, I guess? <laughs> okay. Anyone else? All right, Sister Buford, Sister Lisa, Kendon, anybody else? Don't want Brad, okay, Brother Brad, that's right. Not here. Is that Sister Bobby Spicer? Sister Spicer, did you have a birthday this week? Okay, all right, we're going to get everybody in. Got Sister Buford. All right, that should be all of you. Let's sing. all a good hand tonight. God bless them. All right. Anniversaries. Any anniversaries? No anniversaries. All right. Love and appreciate you tonight. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. We haven't received an offering or tithes. If you want to, just bring them up. You can bring the offering to my left or you can bring, yeah, that'll be fine. Bring the tithes to the right. Or did we take up some? I don't think we did. Praise God. It's somewhere. <laughs> All right. Lord bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed the fear of the Lord.